My name is Shayla Bernardo, founder of Black Girls Wine. And one truth about the hustle is that if you don't show up, your hustle will not show up for you either. Hey girl, welcome to the Girl Behind the Hustle podcast. The podcast created to inspire entrepreneurial women to pursue their goals of building a business while creating a balanced life that they love. I'm your host, Lucretia Thomas. Each week, I'm chatting with some amazing female founders who share what it takes to build and grow a successful business while putting balance and wellness at the forefront of it all. So if you're ready, let's hear from the Girl Behind the Hustle. Girl, thanks so much for tuning into the podcast today. This is your host, Lucretia Thomas, and today I am chatting with Shayla Vernado of Black Girls Wine. Shayla is the founder of Black Girls Wine Society, which is the very first wine sorority with 50 local chapters and over 400 members throughout the U.S. The Black Girls Wine Society was Shayla's solution to creating sisterhood and adding diversity to the wine industry, an industry where only an estimated 0.1% of U.S. winemakers and brand owners are Black, and Black consumers make up about 11% of wine drinkers in the country. Shayla began sharing her favorite wines and wines of the week on her weekly Wine Down Live series on IG and quickly began growing a flourishing community. Listen in as she shares the key factors to growing an engaged community, what you should consider before quitting your job to go into entrepreneurship, and things you should know when choosing your next wine. Listen in. Hey, Shayla, welcome to the show. How are you? I am good. Thank you for having me. How are you? I am doing well. I'm so excited to chat with you. Um, I came across Black Girls Wine on Instagram, maybe like a year or two. And I immediately was like, okay, I'm a black girl. I love wine. (laughs) And like immediately Uh just connected with the name and the community. So I'm excited to get a little bit into, you know, your background, how you got started with it. So tell the listeners who may not know you, um, who you are and what you do. Yeah, thank you. Look, and thanks for joining our online family. Um, (laughs) I'm Shayla Renato. founder and creative brain behind Black Girls Wine and the Black Girls Wine Society. Um, I started Black Girls Wine because I felt like, not even I felt like, I looked around and I didn't see a space for Black women who love wine, where they could go and talk to a sister friend about the latest wine she's drinking, how she's enjoying it, and, you know, what she paired with. And having a community around that. And so that community eventually led me to starting the society, which we now have um, 30 some chapters across the country. And we have, you know, black women from around the world who are members of our society. And now they get to connect with other black women wine lovers too, just like them. So did you feel like, were these conversations you were kind of already having with your own girlfriends and you were just kind of looking to expand it and you looked around and was like, wait, this space actually doesn't exist already? Uh, actually, the, the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. A lot of my girlfriends aren't really like wine lovers like that. Oh, like, really? Okay. Yeah. Like I have friends who, who are into wine. So let me say that I do have friends who are into wine mm-hmm. and we can drink wine together. But for the most part, like my friends are like, oh, you know, 
but I would meet other women who were as into it as I was. And so that's what made me like, you know, the wine, the, for the black women who love wine, we need community too. Just like, you know, all of the, the fitness community is divided into so many different areas, right? You have people who like cycling, you have people who like whatever. And so I felt like having a community around wine was something that could be a lot of fun because there's so much to know about wine. And was this your first stab in entrepreneurship? No, actually it wasn't. I've been a business strategy coach for over 10 years. Um, I've always had a mind for helping uh, creatives pull out the, uh, the business side of what it is that they're good at. So helping them monetize their magic. What is it that you're awesome at? And let's talk about how you can make money and turn this into a business and make it a viable business that grows and can support you and your family. So I've actually been doing that since 2011. Um, And at one point I did have my own styling business. My degree is in fashion, majored in fashion merchandising. And so I did both of those for quite some time. And then I ended up sunsetting my styling business, but I've always been a business coach. Okay. And so you came up with this idea to start Black Girls Wine. What were some of the first steps you took to start building it out? Uh, When I started Black Girls Wine, I was actually in corporate America. And so for me, it was about building community first. It was about buying, um, making sure the idea was a viable one, making sure that there was community there. There were people who desired the community um, who were willing to invest in it and be a part of it and enjoy it, who would enjoy it. And so I actually started with building my online presence and building the community side of Black Girls Wine, because that is what allowed me to be able to talk to people, connect with people I didn't know, and make sure that people were going to be excited whenever the society came along. Did you use like a specific platform to build your community? Um, I use Instagram and Facebook. Okay. I started going live every single week in 2017. Um, and so long before, you know, we see everybody going live now, thanks to the pandemic, that's a thing. But I was going live every single Wednesday at 8.30 and I was reviewing a new wine. And then I would continue the conversation over in a Facebook group, a private Facebook group for Black women who love wine. And so that Facebook group has grown to, I think we're over 13,000 now. And, you know, my, I've built my Instagram and my Facebook following just off going live and sharing my opinion on the wines I'm drinking. And so for someone else who's maybe looking to kind of build that community, um, especially with now, just as you mentioned, how like lives are more crowded now is a more crowded space. Do you recommend them to still kind of take that route? Do you still feel like a successful option? Uh, What are some kind of strategy or tips you would say for someone you're recommending to build a community? Um, Now, I would still say that going live is definitely a thing. I mean, when you click on some of the lives that you see these days, you see hundreds of people watching. It's still very much a viable way to build community online. And honestly, Depending on, I prefer live because pre-recorded content can sometimes be, it can feel like so much more work, right? Because you've mm-hmm. got to do the editing and you've got to do everything else. Um, I think that you can build a brand in just about any way possible with all the avenues there are. Reels, podcasts, I've done it all. I think that it's important to know where your audience is 
So where is your audience? Where are they located? Who's listening? Who's going to listen to you and where? And then knowing how your audience likes to consume information. Nothing is outdated at this point. People still blog. I still read blogs. There's plenty of bloggers still making six figures on blogs, right? But blogging was around long before live. I don't think any of it is going anywhere for quite some time. I think you just have to know your audience and you need to be able to identify who you're talking to so that you can serve them in the best way um, that both of you can show up. I love that because a lot of times you hear people saying like, okay, this is the best way to do it. And this is the best way and you should try this. But it is really important to just be aware of how your audience actually likes to consume content because it's not a one size fits all. It just really depends on your audience. Right. And if you have, you know, not everybody has the personality for going live. Like I am a very lively person when the camera comes on. I love it. Now for somebody who also went to high school and majored in writing, surprisingly, I hate blogging. (laughs) Like I'm not going to build a, and that's the important thing, like build a business around what it is that you're going to be able to enjoy doing in the long term. Because I like going live. It's easy for me. But if it's going to be a headache for you, find another way to connect with your audience. And you have to give it time. That's the biggest thing. You have to give it time to grow. I have hundreds of replays on my lives when I go live, right? But the very first time I went live in January, I kind of remember. I want to say it was like 2017 or 2018, one of the two years. But the very first time that I went live in January 20, whatever, it was nobody on but my mom, my dad, and my husband. Like, a lot of times I feel like people are impatient with the growth of their brand and the growth of their, how they connect with their audience too. You got to give it time to build and give it time to grow. I love that. Like two really important things, build around your strengths. So, mm-hmm. you know, what that next person's doing may not be your strength. So think about recognizing and acknowledging your strengths and being able to build around that and give it time. It, time is necessary. Like those two things I think are so key to building something, especially when it's a long-term goal. Yes. So I know you said that when you started, you were still working full-time. How um, mm-hmm. Have you transitioned out from full-time working? You're just fully building this and your other um, consulting and things like that that you're doing? Yes, ma'am. I transitioned out of corporate... Um, for the second time (laughs) in 2019 and you know my husband was very supportive of me he was very like he was ready for me to quit anyway I was miserable in corporate (laughs) but um he's he's been wonderful and supporting my dreams and visions and he he really believes in me and pushes me so I have been building my businesses and um you know, just working on the growth of the growth and development so that I'm building something sustainable uh, long-term for the last couple of years. And I know a lot of our listeners are either working full-time and building something on the side. And some of them are wanting to stay doing that and having that balance while others are at that point where they are ready to make that transition. What did that transitional period look like for you? And what do you, like any advice you could give when people are thinking of kind of making that switch from transitioning from corporate to fully being full-time entrepreneurs? My advice, I don't think that there's a perfect way to do it. I will say that. There's a lot of 
talk out there I feel like when people are like oh you know people say don't just leap but then it's like well what do I do right Mm -hmm. um for me I spent my time in corporate anytime I'm in a corporate position I save as much money as I can I max out my 401k and I save everything that I can so that whenever I'm ready to quit I got money to lean back on um Somebody may not advise you to do that because they might be like, oh, you want to save that for retirement. You want to do this. And I've always felt like I'm going to be successful. And so I worry about that part later. But (laughs) um, So, you know, I don't I don't think there's a perfect way to do it. I think the smart way to do it um, is to definitely have a plan before you leave. though. how are you going to support yourself? Um, my family has always been very supportive. My parents believe in the entrepreneur dream. So they've always been very supportive of me. My sister's an entrepreneur. So I've always had family support as well. And I always paid off my debt before I left. So I also was, I have always gotten out of corporate and made sure I was debt free, had enough money to cover my major bills, like my mm-hmm. car and stuff like that. And then, um, and then I will go from there, but it's really important to have a plan, but also to understand that with entrepreneurship, stuff happens, stuff comes up, um, and some stuff you can't plan for. So you definitely have to be mentally ready before you make that leap as well. Yeah, definitely. And just talking about money, I know with just having an online community, it's really one of those things where it's like low startup costs. Were there any uh-huh. other like funding that you were had to lean on? Like, did you bootstrap loans, grants, or was the you know the expenses with starting it was pretty low and that wasn't necessary? The expenses were pretty low to start it, but I'll probably say uh, for the most part, like if I took out loans, I would use Stripe um, because Stripe lets you borrow against yourself. So when you borrow from Stripe, you're actually able to they take up a certain percentage out of every transaction. So I've had to do that a few times, depending on where the business was and what we were needing the money for. Um, So yeah, I've definitely bootstrapped this thing. Um, I haven't taken out any other loans this year. I do want to apply for grants. I feel like there's so much money out there. Yeah, there is. Um, So I'm definitely looking to get some more support for grants and stuff like that for the organization. But other than that, um, it was all bootstrapping for me. Were there other folks in the industry that you kind of connected with when you were starting or that you've connected with around along the way? Yes, yes, definitely. There's definitely some really amazing people in every industry. Um, but in the wine industry specifically, I had some really genuine people reach out and connect with me and who have always been genuine in supporting me and we, you know, just in each other. And just had a real a heart for, you know, creating space for a young black girl coming into the wine industry, um, and I've been grateful for that because I've seen both sides of the coin. Where there's the mean girls in the wine industry, and there's also the nice girls. So um, it's been nice to have to have that. And I would just say, you know, be open in whatever industry it is, and especially with cross industries, I've made some great friends. Um, that are into marketing, that are into all kinds of stuff. And it's nice having a diverse friend group as an entrepreneur, um, and it does help. All right, let's talk wine, because I'm a rosé girl. 
Um, yes. <laughs> that's my go-to. If I'm choosing a wine, it's going to be a rosé. So let's talk wine. What's your mm-hmm. favorite wine? And I know with wines, it's like, okay, for which item, you know? So I would say, mm-hmm. what's your favorite, um, maybe your go-to dinner wine? If you're at a restaurant, what are you ordering? I I don't have a favorite wine per se, but if I'm out, you know, it depends too on what I'm going to eat and everything. I know. But most I already of the know. time, <laughs> I'm like, most of the time, my first glass, I love a good Merlot. I will, you know, ask the uh, Psalm is, you know, which Merlot would you recommend on your menu? Which one's your favorite? And I enjoy a good Merlot. So, and Washington Merlots are very, I've had some good ones lately. Mm, So I would say um, a a Washington Merlot, if it's on the menu, I'm definitely going to try it. Okay, so say I'm at Trader Joe's because that's my spot. Um, pick up my yes. flowers, you know, pick up my eucalyptus, my flowers, and then grab my uh-huh. bottle of wine. What wines? Do you shop at Trader Joe's? I just made the assumption now, that everybody does, say, right? What's funny is I would love to shop at Trader Joe's, but there is not one near me. There oh is one Trader Joe's in Richmond, oh, you and it's far. Oh, so no. I actually don't shop at Trader Joe's. I don't buy a lot of grocery store wine to okay. be honest I order a lot of my wine offline you do what's who are your go-to's um wine.com total mm-hmm. wine and I buy a lot from the sellers okay. I buy a lot from the winery so if I'm like checking out a winery and I see they've got some new varietals coming out or you know got some new collections dropping I order directly from the wineries I'm on the wine.com e- mm-hmm. email list the total wine email list and a whole bunch of wineries that I bought from um, Robert Mondavi, um, Chapelet, um, just all kinds. Yeah. So I usually buy direct from the wineries. If I'm being honest, I actually hate going in the grocery store. So that's why <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't buy from the grocery store that often. Does price really matter when buying a wine? Price does matter. Um, there's a lot that goes into making great wine and a lot of times people are like you know oh I don't want to have to pay x amount because it's different for everybody um for whatever wine but price has a lot to do with it those cheaper wines are mass produced Mm -hmm. um some of them have a lot of chemicals in them some of them are actually just as bad for you as the juice you'll drink Mm. right like so it quality does can let me not say does it can have an impact on um, the price point. It can. Now, sometimes you can get some steals because some of the wines that are made in other places where it's not as expensive to make the wine or they've been making wine for years so their bottles aren't that much, you actually can get some great wine and some good steals depending on what country you're buying from or what region, I should say. Um, But yeah, so price does have an impact and that's why I don't also drink a lot of grocery store wine. Yeah. You can find some great ones in there. You really can. There's some great wines in the grocery store. I just couldn't tell you any because <laughs> I don't go in the grocery store. <laughs> I am an order your groceries kind of girl. Instacart is my best friend. I love like, Instacart. But we have to, you know, that you need Instacart for the life that we live. Like, listen, save the time. Use doing something yes. else. <laughs> yes, okay. exactly. That's what I always say. I'm like, 
by the time I order my groceries, like I'm doing something else. I'm exactly. going to Deport. So exactly. It's, it's good for your budget too. I'm like, I feel like when I go in the grocery store, I'm automatically going to grab some extra things that weren't on that list and I'll leave out. I'm like, if I just would have used Instacart, I would have monitored this a little bit better. I did and see that's the other problem. So when I do go in the grocery store, guess what Isla always go down? The wine aisle. <laughs> I don't need to be on the wine aisle. I came in here for groceries. Why am I on the wine aisle? like i don't even know how this happened so instacart is my friend and it keeps me drinking the wine that's already in my house love it what's next for black girls wine i would love to see like some events a couple some merch i want a bag a t-shirt like what's yes merch is definitely coming okay um we are definitely going to be expanding the brand this year we're going to have tons of merch for our members and for Black wine lovers. Um, so lots of merch is coming. Oh, I, d- you'll definitely see some events. For the most part, we keep our events, though, for members only. So if you want to come to an event, you'll definitely have to catch either become a member or maybe catch one of those times we have a bring a friend event. Mm-hmm. Um, I That was part of the reason why I started the society, because events take a lot of work yeah <laughs> they do and right. I know you have like the various chapters um all over can we talk a little bit about that so like how how did you get those chapters set up how what's the process for joining like your local chapter um like yeah. any fees what's included give us the whole shebang because you know we love some wine over here <laughs> yes awesome awesome yes so member membership starts at just 99 a month and what is included is your, um, we have a full virtual calendar every single month. We allow our members, or our members have access to the opportunity to learn about so much wine. We partner with and drink so much wine at a discount. Mm-hmm. Um, we partner with so many winemakers and they give our members special offers and perks. Um, we host members only events. We have members only travel Depending on your level of membership, your monthly event is included and um, it's included with your membership. And we have just, what can I say? The monthly events are the fun part that most people join for and enjoy. But we also have virtual membership too, for which we have full education classes every single month. Um, We also have a leadership component to our organization where we empower Black women leaders. We're partnered with the Elevate Collective, which is a leadership firm. And so we pour into really multiple aspects of who you are as a Black woman who loves wine. Um, So we have that as well. The chapters are um, by city location. And if there isn't one in your city, you can always join virtually. We have virtual chapters too. And we have monthly wine experiences for every chapter. The chapter presidents plan something unique, um, something fun, something that their members will enjoy. We do a lot of meetups, um, all kinds of good stuff. I love it. How do we join? Is it um, the information on the website? Is this how they join? Yes, ma'am. Blackgirlswine.com. We have apply all over the website. Love it. Um, So it's super easy. You apply and get your membership started. We will put you in the chapter that is in your city and you can like start interacting right away. We have a private Facebook group. We have private community chats. Um, 
we usually probably have something every single week going on in the organization. Um, you definitely have access to a community of amazing Black women leaders where you can tap in, um, ask questions, have a good time. And it really is for, for women who love wine and want to grow their palate in a sisterhood community. I love it. And the doors open March 15th? March 15th, yes, ma'am. Our doors open again March 15th. But if you apply in bet- if you apply before then, we won't tell you now. Um, but yeah, <laughs> our doors officially open March 15th. Awesome. So guys, go to blackgirlswine.com to get some more information on that. All right. So now this part of the podcast is a hot seat. This is the real deal behind the hustle. Mm -hmm. What is your go-to self-care routine? Oh, that's a good question. Um, (laughs) I've really been working. I'll say my go-to self-care um, in the last couple of years, I've been working on taking much better care of my skin because I know that when I, I feel better when I'm taking care of my skin, even if it's not, you know, perfect, <laughs> um, it makes me feel better to take care of my skin. It makes me feel better about myself. Um, I have been self-care for me looks like taking care of my body so that I can be in the best shape of my life for as long as I can. So making sure that I'm getting my workouts in, making sure that I'm meditating and praying in the mornings before I start my day, um, making sure that I'm eating as healthy as possible, um, going to the chiropractor. Um, what I've learned in the last few years is that self-care doesn't necessarily, it isn't always like just those spa days or you know, stuff that we typically consider self-care. Sometimes self-care really is how you show up for you every single day. And so that has been kind of like what my self-care journey has been unfolding to be over the last few years is how I show up for Shayla and what it is that she needs in the moment. Oh, that's good. What's a quote, verse, or mantra that keeps you encouraged? Instead of a verse, I will say I created a playlist of songs that get me hype. Okay. <laughs> and so instead of just one verse, I put all the songs together. Um, one of my favorite songs is My Moment. Um, it's by one of the DJs. <laughs> and it said that I'm, I know the words to the song, but I don't know. Um, but that song talks a lot about like, you know, just hustling and keep keeping the momentum and the fire going while you're waiting on your moment to show up. Um, it's got some Nicki Minaj on there. It's got some DJ Callie on there. For me, when I am like needing to be pumped up, I put on my hype playlist. Like it is my girl, you got this playlist. Yeah, oh, I know. So, yeah. I need the link. <laughs> yeah, I will definitely send it to you. Yes. <laughs> I will send it to you. What is a tool or app that helps you manage your daily routine that you couldn't live without? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so I will say a tool that I use is my um, my agenda. I keep my agenda with me at all times. Mm-hmm. And it does help me kind of manage my day-to-day because I can look through my list of what I've accomplished for the week or what needs to be accomplished for the week and based on where I am and what needs to be done, work off of that list. And that helps me feel very accomplished at the end of the day 
Um, and sometimes I work backwards. Sometimes I don't write what needs to be done. Sometimes I work, I write what I have done. And that can be helpful too. Because um, then you end up feeling really accomplished at the end of the day. So I will probably say my agenda. I don't, the apps are kind of, I don't use the apps as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I use the Growth Day app by Brendan Bruchard. That app has been kind of life-changing. He does a daily um I think he calls them fire chats fireside chats or something I listen to those first thing in the morning so they help me get my day like started um after like prayer and meditation so mm-hmm. I just checked that out I haven't app. heard of that one I like it it's all it's really about personal development and that's a big part of my life it always has been because I know that if you're growing, your business will be growing as well. Yeah. The minute you stop personally growing, your business will be stagnant. No, oh, that's so, so true. He's really good about like that personal aspect of who you are as you're growing. And it really does help a lot. Love it. I have to check that one out for sure. Yeah. What do you want people to say about you when you aren't in the room? Uh... I want people say to say that she is inspiring and she's kind and she always has something positive and empowering to share. My name is Shayla Bernardo, founder of Black Girls Wine. And one truth about the hustle is that if you don't show up, your hustle will not show up for you either. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much, Shayla. It has been such a pleasure talking and connecting with you. Please let everyone know where they can find you online, on IG, and any other social media platforms. Yes. Um, thank you for having me, first of all. It's been a privilege. Um, you can find me online at Black Girls Wine on Facebook and Instagram, and you can find me at Shayla Vernado um, on Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. If you love this show, please review, rate, and subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone who you know needs to hear it. You can stay connected with the community on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Girl Behind the Hustle. And shoot me an email. There's something you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast at heygirl at girlbehindthehustle.com. And you can become part of the community at girlbehindthehustle.com. Until next time, remember life is not just about the hustle. Go out and live a little.